0: You can't remember another year when so many people went to work in this country. There's a reason. It never happened. Look how many jobs we've created. It's never happened before. Oh, well, don't let the
1: corporate media know, Joe. They've got other things on their mind. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling something right. No, it ain't. I'm too scared in case I fall off my chair.
2: Clowns to the
1: left me, jokers to the right Here I am stuck in the middle with you Yes I am, just barely From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast As heard on KPFK, 90.7 FM in LA 98.7 in Santa Barbara 93.7 in San Diego 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake Also in, uh, yes, I'm out of breath, Uh, also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ in Seattle on KODX. Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdon Square Radio, and Detour Talk, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all around swell fellow. Says me, swell if out of breath fellow. Says me from BradBlog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Desi Doyne, you're laughing already, yes, are you? Yes,
3: yes, I am. It is uh, at <laughs> me, at
1: me, not with me. I understand. Yes. At me. Uh, Of course, uh, dealing once again with some technical issues here in the studio. Wish us luck today as we hope to open the phones once again, if we can. We've got a lot to talk about today as well. There is some breaking news that, uh, to be honest, it literally broke 30 seconds before I was uh, leaving uh, my apartment to come on over to the studio. So I know very little about it. We're probably going to have to cover most of this tomorrow. But we have... Uh, reported on uh, what's going on in Alabama, where there was a federal court ruling a week or two ago finding that the new maps that are um, for uh, House ma- U.S. house maps uh, under the new redistricting following the 2020 census, the federal court has found that they are in violation of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, specifically Section 2, which disallows... Racial gerrymanders and uh, that state, I believe, for years now, they've had I think it's six Republican districts, one Democratic district. The federal court a week or so ago ordered the state to redraw their maps to add a second Democratic distr- uh, district, in fact, a second uh, black majority district. Because of this uh, racial gerrymander, and of course the philandering uh, Republican Secretary of State there, who blocks me on Twitter because I tell him the truth, uh, appealed the federal court ruling to the Supreme Court, and the Supremes, just before airtime today, have decided five to four to allow, for now, the racial gerrymandering to stand in uh, in Alabama. A 5-4 to four ruling with Chief Justice John Roberts on the side of the Democratic appointees to the Supreme Court. But that was not enough to uh, to prevent this racial gerrymander. And as I understand it, they have accepted this case to be heard later this year, maybe next term. I'm not sure, which means that racial gerrymander will stay in place. And the one thing that you'll hear Republicans say since... The Voting Rights Act was gutted back in 2013 was, oh, well, there's still a way to challenge, never mind Section 5, to stop these uh, discriminatory laws before they are put in place. There's always Section 2, which allows you to go in after these laws have been put in place and you can challenge it then. That's still standing in the Voting Rights Act. Well, guess what? With this case uh, now about to be heard at some point by the U.S. Supreme Court, Section 2 very well may be in trouble as well. That entire Voting Rights Act could come crashing down, depending on how the Supreme Court rules on this. As I said, we'll have more on this tomorrow.
3: Yeah, it's part of the Republicans and the conservative right wingers that are now the majority on the Supreme Court. Their decades long effort to dismantle. Voting rights
1: You're correct, except for that conservative part I don't believe they are anything like conservatives They're not conservatives anymore And you, of all people, Desi (laughs) Doyen, should know better than to use that word So, anyway, yeah, we're going to have more on that, uh, I'm sure, on our upcoming programs Uh, because it could be potentially a very disastrous uh, moment for American democracy, which sort of underscores a lot of what I want to talk about today. And this notion that the, uh, at least the corporate mainstream media seems to have that we are still in some sort of world where, oh, there's Republicans on one side, they believe one thing, and there's Democrats on the other side, they believe a different thing. And they disagree with each other, but they'll come to, you know, find some compromise in the middle. And everyone has their own opinions about everything. It's not as if one of those two parties is trying to completely dismantle American democracy entirely. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, I want to uh, thank Nicole Sandler for filling in for us on Friday so I could have some really fun oral surgery. There was that. Uh, Happily, I can now talk again. Happy for me. Don't know how you'll feel about it, uh, though I'm told I've got more uh, such surgery in the weeks ahead. Yay. Uh, if you didn't catch uh, Nicole's show on Friday, you can, of course, download it at bradblog.com for free. Thanks to those listeners who support this program. She interviewed the FBI's former top counter espionage official who opened the original investigation into Russia's interference in the 2016 presidential election, which ultimately led to our disgraced former president firing the FBI director, James Comey, which ultimately led to the Robert Mueller special counsel investigation and a mountain of evidence of at least 10 instances of obstruction of justice by the now disgraced former president, Uh, who was the sitting president at the time, and those cases of obstruction have shamefully yet to be prosecuted by Joe Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland, for some reason, despite the fact that the clock is ticking on the statute of limitations on those crimes. Uh, But Nicole Sandler on uh, on Friday interviewed Peter Strzok, the man who uh, kicked off that 2016, that investigation into the 2016 presidential election. Uh, And uh, very interesting interview. Uh, Strzok is now suing the federal government because our uh, disgraced former president uh, pressured the FBI to fire Peter Strzok. Uh, so uh, my thanks to Nicole for sharing that interview with uh, Peter Strock with broadcast listeners on Friday. You can download it, as I say, at bradblog.com. But for our part, since we uh, we left the airwaves on Thursday night, there has been a ton of news, particularly political news, that I would love to hear from you all about today if I am able to open the phones, if they work today. You may recall last week we had a few problems with the station's new phone systems. So we'll see how that goes, but it always makes for exciting live radio. So uh, as the host does his best to navigate technical disasters, I know you guys like that part. Uh, who doesn't love it? Our, our phone number is and will be 818-985-5735 if you want to jot it down right now. Happy to talk to you about anything, of course, uh, especially from our uh, Potpourri of News over the uh, over the weekend, as we begin a new week, 818 985 KPFK, Potpourri. Yes, that's what I said. Uh, and yes, you but have a. But it's not Potpourri.
3: It's what? Potpourri. What? <laughs> I know. Uh,
1: among the uh, political stuff that has happened since you and I last spoke on this program, Vice President Mike Pence finally declared, "Quote, President Trump is wrong." About something. The fact that he said it about anything, that's news in and of itself, uh, and obviously uh, seen by our thin skinned, twice impeached, unspeakably corrupt former president as an attack on him, as he sees it. So naturally, Trump decided to attack Pence in return, sort of, only sort of, and very gently because he knows that Mike Pence actually knows where the bodies are buried and has been invited by the House January 6th committee to testify. So Trump actually went pretty easy on Mike Pence. He decided to spend most of his attack time uh, attacking, quote, that old crow, Mitch McConnell. Trump also attacked his old pal, Lindsey Graham. Uh, for disagreeing with Trump that a vice president is allowed to steal an election at their whim during the uh, ceremonial Role of opening up and counting electoral votes on January 6th after a presidential election. The RNC, for its part, attacked two of its most dedicated actual, yes, conservatives, Congresswoman Liz Cheney and Congressman Adam Kinzinger, for having the temerity to join a bipartisan House investigation into the worst attack on the U.S. Capitol and arguably on democracy itself in the past 200 years. Declaring uh, that uh, the attack, which, by the way, if you forgot, resulted in the deaths of about nine people, several of them law enforcement officials who were viciously and brutally attacked by the Republican mob. All of that was nothing more than, quote, legitimate political discourse, according to the RNC. Really. And they wrote it on paper. Uh, that was when they censured Cheney Cheney, and, uh, and Kinzinger. In response, Utah's U.S. senator and former presidential Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney attacked the RNC for attacking Cheney and Kinzinger. The RNC meeting in Romney's uh, Utah for its official winter meeting where the censure vote against Cheney and Kinzinger was held uh, is headed up by Mitt Romney's own niece, Rona Romney McDaniel as the Republican Party is clearly now a party in complete and utter disarray. And yet, oddly enough, with all of that going on, the bulk of stories about political disarray that I seem to read come from the, uh, you know, from the uh, corporate media are about the Democratic Party and Joe Biden's plummeting poll numbers and how much trouble the Democrats are now in. Now, why would that be? I have a few thoughts on that myself today, but I would love to hear yours. Uh, I prefer, in fact, to hear yours. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Uh, In brief, at least as uh, brief as I can possibly be, here's what happened since we got off the air and where things are today. As you dial in, if you wish, 818-985-KPFK. Former Vice President Mike Pence directly rebutted Donald Trump's false claim that he somehow could have overturned the results of the 2020 election, saying that the former president was simply, quote, wrong. It was a speech to a gathering of the far-right Republican Federalist Society down in Florida. Pence addressed Trump's intensifying efforts this past week to advance the false narrative that, as vice president, he had the lawful, constitutional, unilateral power to somehow uh, prevent Joe Biden from taking office, to somehow decide who the president would be all by himself.
2: But there are those in our party who believe that, as the presiding officer over the joint session of Congress, that I possess unilateral authority to reject electoral college votes. And I heard this week that President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. But President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. And frankly, there is no idea more un American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. Under the Constitution, I had no right to change the outcome of our election. And Kamala Harris will have no right to overturn the election when we beat them in 2024.
1: (laughs) Now, uh, here is something I don't often say. Good for Mike Pence. Now, we talked in some detail about Congress's ongoing effort uh, underway right now to rewrite the Electoral Count Act of 1887, which Trump had misused as a, uh, a predicate, a pretext to declare that Pence somehow had the right to simply pick whoever he wanted to be the winner of the 2020 election. Uh, But it doesn't really work that way. And last week, we discussed in in detail with a congressional reporter who's doing a deep dive on the Electoral Count Act and the bipartisan efforts now underway to clarify the stupid and terribly written 1887 law in the uh, Now in the U.S. Senate, uh, they're trying to rewrite it before 2024. I suspect we will be revisiting that matter in still more detail in the days ahead. But if you wish, of course, you can always download all of our interviews for free at bradblog.com. That one with insiders Grace Panetta last week. Uh, If you missed it. As AP posits, Mike Pence's declaration marked his most forceful response yet to Trump, who has spent his post-presidency fueling the lie that the 2020 campaign was stolen from him. I would argue that it marked Pence's only response At least his only known public response to Donald Trump. But sure, yeah, we can pretend that he had some uh, sort of other response to it over this past year because, as usual, the media seem to be in the business of helping to normalize authoritarian republicanism these days. Trump responded uh, to Mike Pence in a statement on Friday night, once again falsely claiming that there were, quote, obvious signs of voter fraud in the election, despite more than a year later now zero actual signs of any such fraud beyond beyond a a bunch of Republicans, by the way, being found to have voted twice in several states for dead relatives, etc. Nothing, however, that could possibly be uh, used to overturn the returns in any state. Much less the uh, much less three of them that would be ha- would have been needed at a minimum to have flipped the uh, results for to Donald Trump. To somehow declare him the winner of an election that he lost by more than 8 million popular votes and 74 electoral votes. As Pence countered Trump in Florida, Republicans, meanwhile, were gathering on the very same day in Utah to align themselves even more closely with the disgraced former president, the RNC censured uh, Congress members Liz Cheney of Wyoming and Adam Kinziger of Illinois for participating on the committee investigating the January 6 insurrection with the GOP assailing that panel for leading a, quote, persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse. Yes, according to the Republican Party today, not the Republican Party a year ago when they condemned what happened on January 6th, but now what happened on January 6th was just citizen engaged in legitimate political discourse. Pence, of course, was inside the Capitol on January 6th, presiding over the joint session of Congress to certify the presidential election when that legitimate political discourse consisted of a mob of Trump's supporters violently smashing their way inside, assaulting police officers, hunting down lawmakers, chanting, Hang Mike Pence, among other things. But the GOP is condemning some of the most conservative previously pro-Trump members of their own party, for trying to hold folks accountable for what happened on that horrible day. GOP officials took a voice vote to approve censuring Cheney and Kinzinger at the party's winter meeting in Salt Lake City. The censure was approved a day after an RNC subcommittee had actually watered down the resolution. They had recommended expelling Cheney and Kinzinger from the party entirely for daring to investigate, you know, deadly crimes and terror attacks on the U.S. Capitol. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, for legitimate political discourse on January 6th. Uh, the censure accuses Cheney and Kinzinger of, quote, participating in a Democrat-led persecution, But uh, GOP Senator Mitt Romney, who voted to convict Trump in both of his impeachment trials, excoriated his own party for that censure. Quote, shame falls on a party that would censure persons of conscience who seek truth in the face of vitriol. He tweeted that honor attaches to Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger for seeking truth, even when doing so comes at great personal cost. And here is something I also don't say very often. Good for Mitt Romney. The most consequential element of the censure is a call for the party to no longer support either Cheney or Kinzinger as Republicans. The censure, combined with support from RNC members from Wyoming, allows the party now to invoke a rule to back candidates other than Cheney. It sets in motion—and by the way, they only have one uh, congressperson in Wyoming. That's Liz Cheney. And now the Republicans are putting up someone to run against her in a primary, uh, a woman by the name of Harriet Hageman, who has been endorsed by Trump. Wyoming's primary is in August. Cheney spokesperson Jeremy Adler said in a statement that the move subverted the will of Wyoming voters. But of course, that's what Republicans do. Liz, sorry, are you just now starting to figure that part out? You have been a part of that for years, Liz Cheney, as have you, Adam Kinzinger. You both even voted against the critical election reform bills, the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, that might have prevented some of that some of that attack on American democracy. Kinzinger, for his part, he's not running uh, for re-election. He has essentially been run out of Congress by his own party. And because the Republican Party now really, really hates democracy and public discourse of the actually, you know, legitimate type, RNC members on Friday also voted in favor of a rule change that would prohibit their candidates from participating in debates organized by the Commission on Presidential Debates. That's right. There will be no presidential debates, apparently, at least as long as they're headed up by the Commission on Presidential Debates, which has headed them up for years. That should be particularly convenient if their nominee turns out to be one Donald J. Trump, who really, really does not like having to answer for his twisted criminal career and his attempt to blatantly steal The 2020 presidential election, including, uh, as we now know, after last week, his attempt to use the Defense Department or the Homeland Security Department or the Department of Justice to try and undermine, to try and, yes, steal the 2020 election. Uh, Thankfully, he's uh, largely a failure, so he failed at that as well. But um, at least he did. uh, He failed in 2020. And uh, he and his party are now working very hard to prevent screwing up that takedown of American democracy again in the future. But can you imagine if a Democratic president had tried to use the Department of Justice or the Department of Homeland Security or the Pentagon to try and steal a presidential election? Or if a Democratic president literally tore up, tore up presidential records that are supposed to be retained and protected under the Presidential Records Act of 1975. That was put in place after Richard Nixon, who was mild by comparison in his corruption, but it was put in place after his attempt to undermine American democracy. How about if a Democratic president had attempted to actually steal an election and tried to steal presidential records after he actually lost that election. Today, we learn this via The Washington Post. President Donald Trump improperly removed multiple boxes of presidential records from the White House that were retrieved by the National Archives and Records Administration last month from his Mar-a-Lago residence. Because they contain documents and other items that should have been turned over to the agency that, according to three people familiar with the visit from the National Archives who had to go down to Mar-a-Lago to get the documents back. The recovery of the boxes from Trump's Florida resort raised new concerns about his adherence to the Presidential Records Act. The Post reports, which requires the preservation of memos and letters and notes and emails and faxes and any other written communications related to the president's official duties. I covered the Presidential Records Act uh, quite closely back in uh, 19—well, I didn't cover it in 1975, but the Presidential Records Act of 1975, I covered it in some detail Way back in 2004 at Bradblog.com, who's actually one of the uh, earliest, one of the biggest stories I broke early on uh, when I after setting up the blog uh, that after a vice presidential debate that year when Vice President Dick Cheney and Democratic candidate, vice presidential candidate John Edwards uh, were debating and Cheney acted as if he was just furious that John Edwards in one of his remarks had not counted the Iraqi people to be among the uh, what what Bush Cheney uh, at the time described as the uh, coalition of the willing who had attacked Iraq along with the U.S. over the pretend concerns about weapons of mass destruction after 9-11. You know, the attack by people from an entirely different country. But at the time, Bradblog.com, I reported exclusively on documents that had been surreptitiously removed from the White House website. Including specifically uh, on the night of that pre- vice presidential debate, the list of countries which made up the so called coalition of the willing in that attack on Iraq, which did not, of course, include. Iraq as one of the countries listed. My story was then subsequently picked up nationally by AP, Washington Post, and others in what we referred to at the blog at the time as the White House website scrubbing scandal. Ultimately, we also discovered the White House had removed just terabytes of video. uh, Also in violation of the Presidential Records Act, that included stuff like George W. Bush saying at the time he didn't think about Osama bin Laden very much. After years had gone by without his administration being able to hunt him down, uh, there were even videos of Bush's appearances with black civil rights leaders, voting rights leaders, which for some reason the White House did not think would help him to have posted on the White House website in the lead up to the twenty uh, the 2004 election. So uh, in the very last week before that election, the White House was forced to restore just terabytes and terabytes of data to that uh, White House website at the time. Thanks to our reporting, the Presidential Records Act is a serious law. You can't just make documents disappear, whether it's from a website or from the Oval Office itself and take them down to Florida with you after you lose the presidency. So it's a serious law, even if it's not enforced very seriously, at least when it comes to penalties, particularly with a president in the White House who routinely tore up presidential records after he had read them. Yes, that's one of the things we have now learned. The upside of that, of course, is that the torn up records that were taped back together by the National Archives, at least we know if they were torn up, well, they were probably read by the president. So we know that Donald Trump saw them before he tore them up.
3: Yeah, but, you know, does anyone going to be able to actually enforce the Presidential Records Act that says you're not allowed to do that?
1: Well, we'll see if anybody even bothers to try. Um, actually, violation of the uh, of the uh, Presidential Records Act could result in up to three years in jail. Although very few people think anybody's going to bother to uh, do anything about holding Trump accountable for for having done this. Uh, Typically, one expert notes in Washington Post report, records preservation proceeds by mutual agreement with the occupant of the White House, staff and archivists, but... If there is willful and lawful, unlawful intent to violate the law, then that picture changes, this expert says, with penalties of up to three years in jail for individuals who willfully conceal or destroy public records. You can't prosecute for just tearing up papers, this expert said of Trump. You would have to show him being highly selective and have evidence that he wanted to behave unlawfully as if we need any more such evidence. Some former Trump aides say they do not believe that Trump was acting with criminal intent. Okay, well, that's good enough for me. We'll take their word for it. That's good enough for, you know, for a president. So long as that president is a Republican, because had he been a Democrat, we would have already been talking about this every single day since he left office. As is, unless someone does some further digging, I suspect this news story will disappear before we get to the weekend. Even The Washington Post, which broke the story today, uh, seems to agree, ending their piece by suggesting that, really, there's nothing to worry about here, nothing unusual, nothing to see. Quote, "Uh, I don't think he did this out of a malicious intent to avoid complying with the Presidential Records Act, one former Trump White House official said. So that's what they did. That's how they ended this uh, exclusive. They, uh, they, they got a good story, and then they ended it by saying, eh, I don't think it matters all that much. Of course, that coverage uh, would have been very different had the president in question Uh, Had it been, you know, Barack Obama or Bill Clinton, had they carted away boxes and boxes of presidential records and held on to them without telling anybody for more than a year after leaving office. But that's the double standard under which our corporate media, I think, currently operates. There is a completely different set of rules for actual for an actual party in disarray, an actual party who supports lawlessness An actual party that is undermining American democracy itself, that is supporting terrorist attacks on the U.S. Capitol, that is attacking those trying to hold them accountable for doing so. And a president who's carried out so many criminal acts while in office that law enforcement officials essentially do not know even where to start. Or they're still afraid of the consequences of doing so. A party that out of whack and that much in disarray, and yet it's the Democrats somehow who are currently thought to be facing a rout this November. Why? I don't know. You tell me, please. 818-985-5735. Are our phones working now, Desi Doyen? Sort of. Do we know? We shall find find out. out. (laughs) All right. 818 985 KPFK. You know, maybe it has something to do with that media double standard. We have been pounding for months, for example, on this show, uh, pounding on the media for their embarrassing if well-documented, coverage of the way they have been reporting differently on the economy under Republican presidents versus Democratic presidents. For example, in February of 2018, the Associated Press reported, quote, U.S. employers added a robust 200,000 jobs in January. 200,000 jobs. That was robust. But at the end of last year, under Joe Biden, The same Associated Press reported, quote, U.S. employers added a sluggish 210 jobs in November. So more jobs is sluggish. Less jobs is robust. What's the difference here? Oh, I guess it depends on who's in the Oval Office. So we've been calling out the corporate media for doing this for for some time month after month after month over the past year, while they are, A, ignoring the record low unemployment in this country, B, ignoring the fact that each month, the U.S. Labor Department, they continually come out and revise previous month's numbers over the past year, finding that hundreds and hundreds of thousands of more jobs were actually added in those months, these months where they come out and declare, oh, a disappointing jobs number for Joe Biden. Even though every single jobs report from the Commerce Department over the past year has been revised up, each and every one of them subsequently, by at least 100,000 jobs each month. But yeah, sending those kind of uh, false messages about a booming economy out uh, month after month, well, yeah. That's going to have an effect. Is that why Joe Biden's approval ratings are now in the low 40s? You tell me. 818-985-5735. We've been trying to figure out because uh on Friday actual record jobs numbers came out this time and the AP and the others couldn't avoid it. They you know they they had to actually say yeah, these are kind of record uh, numbers, but uh They didn't work very hard to do it. For example, AP's coverage says, you know, uh, it was Joe Biden who sees these record numbers. Not that they exist, but that Joe Biden. The headline Biden sees U.S. economy as powering past the pandemic. They write that bleak jobs report that the White House has been bracing for never arrived on Friday. Instead, Joe Biden got the pleasant surprise that the U.S. economy had powered through the Omicron wave of the coronavirus and posted 467,000 new jobs in January, along with strong revisions to job gains in the two prior months. Oh, fancy that. Who could have guessed it? You know, those two months in which uh, the media kept reporting how disappointing the job numbers were month after month after month. Even though our metrics for this have clearly become broken by the pandemic, uh, you know, w- which is why they have been revised every single month over the past year. Uh, AP says it just showed uh, it, it showed just how much the pandemic's grip on the economy has now faded, though the nation is still grappling With high inflation. Well, I blame Joe Biden for the worldwide inflation problem, obviously. Yet, as the economy uh, strengthens, a question for Biden personally and his presidency is whether he can stitch together the positives in a convincing way to revive his support that has declined in polls in the past year. Yeah, it's up to him, I guess. The media has nothing to do with it. He has only himself to blame for declining in the polls in the past year, right, AP? I wonder why that, you know, why, why would that have happened? Why would his polls have plummeted when we keep misreporting months after months after month about these job numbers and about the economy? And since AP seemed, seems to want to downplay all of this, Joe Biden himself had to go out and make the case about these record job numbers. unemployment, 6.6 million jobs added during his first full year. So AP notes he's making the case that his $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package was a wise choice and that lawmakers should now support the rest of his agenda to prolong that growth. Well, Biden had to go out and explain the actual numbers as he apparently felt he needed to on Friday.
0: This morning's report caps off my first year as president. And over that period, our economy created 6.6 million jobs. 6.6 million jobs. You can't remember another year when so many people went to work in this country. There's a reason. It never happened. Take a look at the chart. You can look at the last all the way back to President Reagan. Look how many jobs we've created on average per month. This is — it's never happened before. And, look, history has been made here. But it comes alongside the largest drop in unemployment rate in a single year on record, the largest reduction in childhood poverty ever recorded in a single year, and the strongest economic growth this country has seen in nearly 40 years. The largest
1: drop of unemployment in a single year. The largest drop in childhood poverty in a single year in the history of this country. The largest drop in unemployment in nearly 40 years. Sounds terrible. And by the way, though it's not in that clip, as we reported last week, the largest growth in GDP, gross domestic product, uh, considered the bank benchmark for the health of the U.S. economy since 1984. Sounds terrible. And yes, Biden's ratings are tanking and the Democrats are thought to be in big, big trouble this November. Why is that? 818-985-KPFK, I would argue, in no small part, it's due to our lousy corporate media, which, listen, there's plenty to complain about uh, Democrats, but they're dealing with the two parties as if they live in two entirely different worlds. Let's take a quick, quick break. We'll get back to your thoughts on all of this. What am I missing? Feel free to tell me. 818 985 KPFK. Yeah, the Democrats are the ones who are in big trouble despite all of this. Really? Yeah. 818 985 5735. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the (laughs) broadcast.
2: gotta keep them separated
1: Yeah, you do Apparently, you got to keep them separated. There's one party that is trying to undermine democracy. We know they're always going to be terrible, so we don't bother with them. And then there's the Democrats, who are actually trying, and yes, failing occasionally to do a perfect job. Let's attack them. They're the ones who are somehow in trouble this November. I don't get it. Uh, 818-985-KPFK. Did I say Brad Friedman in the broadcast? Yeah, welcome back to it. Do our phone lines work? We don't know. We're about to find out out poor Desi has been in there struggling with them as they keep crashing let's see how this goes Linda in Santa Monica welcome to the broadcast Linda Hi how are you Hanging in there Good 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 I have- And we just lost Linda didn't we Unbelievable. Okay, Linda call on back. Desi, don't answer any phones while there's someone else online and we'll see if it works. Let's go to uh either Henri or Henrik, I can't tell in Burbank. Hey, uh, Henri or Henrik? Welcome to the broadcast, sir. It's Henrik. Can you
4: hear me?
1: I can hear you, Henrik. What's okay. up? Okay. Uh, um frankly,
4: I think this is theater whether the Democrats know it or not they're doing a version of good good cop bad cop they're, both parties are working for the same people Our uh, military budget goes to prove that yeah the trillions that we've wasted on wars that didn't get us anything but hated across the world and uh-huh. now they pulled out of Afghanistan and they're going into another country this is all I, I, you know they're just trying to Delay revolution, the Democratic Party. That's all they're doing. They're pacifying the people so that the Republicans can go on, just taking our rights away, little by little. I got.
1: So the Democrats are secretly working to help Republicans, as you see. Not secretly, publicly. The
4: condition. I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But there is so much control exercised by the corporates, the corporations, with their lobbyists. Yeah. That the Democrats cannot be effective. So and I, they're just so. Uh,
1: Henrik, to let me let me let me reply. Let me respond, if you don't mind. OK, so, Henrik, uh, the Democrats were just trying to pass a law. All 50 of them voted for it. Every single uh, a Democrat in the Senate voted for a law which would disclose dark money. In, uh, in, in in campaigns, in elections. Every single one of them voted for it. Every single Republican voted against it. So Republicans were trying... To, I'm sorry, Democrats were trying to get dark money out of politics, and yet you say the Democrats are just the same as the Republicans. Am I understanding you correctly, sir?
4: Yes, you are. And okay. all the corporations have to do is just keep it close enough so they can just squeak by okay. with their degradation of our... Uh,
1: our Republic. Okay. Thank you very much for that call, Henrik. I, I do appreciate it. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. We're going to try again for Linda. And and I just hung up on Linda. That one was on me. Totally my fault. Linda, I want to say I'll give you a million bucks if you dial back again. We will try to get you on one way or another. Whatever she had to say, I'm sure it was going to be really good. Let's go to, let's go to Mike in Ventura. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Brad, how are you doing? I'm okay. I, I feel sorry for poor Linda because I really do want to talk to her. I, I'm anyway. feeling
5: bad for Linda at this point too. Yeah. So make
1: it good, Mike, in her stead. What's up? All
5: right, all right. So so here we go. I mean, certainly we, yeah. You know, uh, we have you know corporate media is a complete failure, clamoring for market share. How can it be anything otherwise, right? Uh, when, when you have an institution whose whose uh, who's pursuits of profit supersede its uh, its pursuits of journalistic excellence, and when we have that, you know, on a systemic level, yeah, there, there's we're, we're going to end up with a ill-informed public, a confused public. The petty fog is there, yeah, and 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 so you know, and what this really comes down to is, I think, you know, getting away from the partisan politics is, is it, this is a systemic issue that has to do with where political money comes from. We go back to 1971 Supreme Court ruling that that, that allowed corporations First Amendment Mm rights. We go back to Citizens United, which Mm -hmm. just opens the floodgates on on, uh, an already existing uh, corrosive system, and we end up where we are. So what we have is we have a population of people who feel the disenfranchisement. They feel global capital, uh, capitalism mm-hmm. is failing us. We see shrinking middle class, instability mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the markets, instability in the job markets, and these people are looking for an answer. And so we have this corporate media like Fox News, for example, an entertainment show, mind you,
4: right. who
5: are all too happy to fill the void and implement their, insinuate and, their demagoguery.
1: And, and right? listen, and, and of course. Yeah, no, yeah. listen, l- l- let me just, because we've got a lot of folks we want to try to get to, Mike, I think you make some excellent points all the way through. There's not a single thing I, I, I disagree with, I, I think, in what you just said. That Thank said, you. why is it all the Democrats' fault? Well... <laughs> You know, that's,
5: that's just politics, right? I mean, politics as usual.
1: But no, it's uh, not. As, as but no, it's not. Uh, uh, no, here's the difference, uh, Mike. It's not just politics as usual. It would be, of course, if you're talking to a Republican, they're going to say it's the Democrats' fault. Democrats will say it's the Republicans' fault. But we have this thing called the fourth estate. We have people like me. We have people in the corporate media who make a whole lot of money to inform the nation about what is actually going on, who actually have constitutional disputes. Constitutional protection, like that, no other industry in the nation has, and and that is so that they can tell the truth to the American people. Why is it so difficult for them, and why are they constantly targeting, in my opinion, the wrong people?
5: Well, you know, I'll I'll speak to that briefly, and I know you got to let me go. But let's face it: historically, uh, progressive liberal causes are on the right side of history. Conservative conservatism is frequently uh, you know, obstinate and obstructive, and there is something. There's an inherent lack of empathy. And I'll tell you, I grew up on Fox News. I grew up on Rush Limbaugh. My mm-hmm. dad, who was a wonderful, wonderful human being, me too. Uh, unfortunately, had been ensnared by these ideologies. I grew up on these ideologies. Mm-hmm. I've watched. I've watched the spin. Yep. You know, I could practically see yep. Spin Alley behind the scenes when I watched yeah. these broadcasts. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, there's just a lot of people in this world who, for whatever reason, uh, you know, lack the empathy required to be you know, to have a liberal mindset. There's which is a well, in- which is the the, the the well-intended faction. That is the well-intended side of the aisle across the board. Uh, you know.
1: It's, I, oh well, listen, it's, listen, like, listen, Mike, and uh, and 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 you're great. I hope you'll call us back in the future. Uh, it's it's. It's not that hard to do the right thing. It is not that hard. Yeah, maybe you won't get as much traffic to your website. Yeah, lies certainly pay off. Ask Joe Rogan. Lies certainly pay off uh, more than telling the truth does. Uh, But I just wake up every morning. I go on the air, do a show five days a week, knowing that it is my job to tell the truth and to inform the American electorate with the truth. It is not that hard. Uh, Anyway, Mike, I got to run. I I really appreciate your thoughts here. Uh, Thank you, brother. Uh, Do stay in touch. Uh, Let me. Okay, now we're going to go to Linda again and we're going to see who screws it up. Desi, me or something else. Uh, (laughs) Linda. Hang on. Don't yeah, touch it, Desi. Don't touch it, Desi. There we go. Okay, we got you locked. Right. Linda. Can you hear me? I can. No pressure.
6: Okay. But
1: you better okay. make it really good after all the work we've gone through to bring you on. Go it's ahead. Hell, yeah, What's on your mind? So here's,
6: here's, here's the oxymoron to this whole thing. Yeah. We talk about everything you've been saying talks if the, the Fox News will tell you we have a, a, a liberal-leaning media in this country, Yes, correct?
1: yes, yes.
6: And if that's the case, then why is it that Joe Biden isn't just getting all of his kudos from everybody in this, this liberal-leaning media? Because right. you, you spoke to it earlier. Yep. Jobs are up. Everything is up. Child poverty is down. And yet all you do is hear just the opposite of that. Yep. So I don't believe that our media is as liberal as we say it is. But I, what, what I do know... Cause they're
1: that, Cause they exactly, because they're not. Because they are absolutely not. They're run by they're huge, not. multi-billion dollar corporations. They're they are anything but absolutely. liberal. Yeah, go ahead.
6: And, and I, would, I would say that, that, that both, both parties benefit from that. And the rich do anyway in both parties. Let's let's be honest about it. Whether they're Democrats Or Republican, Mm -hmm. they benefit the millionaires do. But on the other hand, I would just simply say that um, it's not as liberal as it appears to be. But I think that the Republicans do a much better job at controlling the narrative and constantly putting their lies out there every single day. And remember, if you tell a lie long enough, people will believe it.
1: You're absolutely right. Linda, you're absolutely right. I completely agree with you. The only place where I would find a a bit of nuance here. Yes, the millionaires on both sides all benefit from it. But on the Democratic side, at least, there are politicians who are trying to do something about that, who are trying to change that. Now, they're not successful and not enough of them try hard enough, frankly. Uh, But there is no one, zero, nobody on the right side of the column who gives a damn about any of this. In fact, they are working hard to try and get more corporate money into politics to further degrade and destroy American democracy. And so to put them on the same level to say, oh, they both do it. Yeah.
6: What do you think the answer that the Democrats should have to mention in this other individual course? in my opinion, need to be voted out of the Democratic Party.
1: Yeah, yeah Sinema, Uh well, the answer, Sinema. the Democrats don't have the answer to that. The voters have the answer to that. Voters well, yeah, need, I know, I know. they need to elect more people who give a damn about all of this. They have to show up every election, every time, not just but every four years when there's a presidential election. Yeah. But,
6: but the people in their district, Virginia's got the poorest people in the country.
1: Yes, they do. And, and guess what? Yeah. yeah, they're buying this stuff that because for. How is that? because How's they're that watching that? Fox News and they are listening to AP, uh, who is. Even though AP is supposed to be pretty straightforward, straight down the line, they are still misrepresenting the truth in this country. Linda, i got to get to a break. You are awesome as well. Thank you for dialing back three or four times. It's greatly appreciated. I hope we get to hear from you again soon. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with our closing few minutes. And whoever we can get in, I know all the phones are lit up. I'm sorry. We're not going to get to everyone. But we'll do our best. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is The Bradcast.
3: Bradblog.com slash donate. That's Bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks.
1: Welcome back to the radcast Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Straight to the phones. Let's go to Lou in Thousand Oaks. Hey, Lou, welcome to the broadcast, sir.
7: Hey, Brad, how you doing? Good to talk to you.
1: And you? What's up?
7: Uh, so, listen, first of all, I want to say that uh, I believe we're all products of the news that we watch. Our country yep. has become very polarized, and the media is not helping.
1: Yep. And I hate to
7: say it, Brad, but you're part of the problem. Okay. But we're, we're so polarized, and if you watch this newscast or that, that's what you buy into because that becomes reality. Why am I There's, part of the you know,
1: pro- why am I part of the problem and I'm only jumping in cuz I got like 2 minutes left. Why am I part cool. of the problem, Mike?
7: Well, because during the show the only thing you've done is disparage Republicans. You haven't said one thing about Joe Biden. For example, the reason he's not popular, the reason his popularity is going down. That's why I called to answer that question.
1: Well, that's build what I that's better. why I opened the phones. Why is right. why build is his better, popularity
7: build back better? Yeah. Build back better? Dead. he couldn't get it passed. Afghanistan, complete failure. Everybody knows that you take out the citizens first, uh-huh. the foreign assets second,
2: okay.
1: the
7: military last. Uh-huh. Kamala Harris has no credibility across the board. Okay. She got one percent, two percent in California in the primary. And this is her state. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris is killing Joe Biden.
1: OK, is- so let me let me respond. Uh, thanks, Mike. That No, that's a, a couple of good points there. Now the largest uh, airlift in world history: one hundred and sixty thousand people were pulled out of Afghanistan. Still, there were some mistakes. So sure, you can be critical about that. You can be critical about the war that we got into twenty years ago, thanks and to thanks thanks to a you know a Republican administration who lied about what happened on nine eleven. But you can take it out on the Democrats, I guess, if you want. Well, now that's a, that's a I, don't, that's I don't. a conspiracy theory. I don't. Conspiracy theory. I don't, uh, well, it's it's not.
7: I don't understand. The 11 thing is, what do you say, 9-11 didn't happen, or we blew up our own buildings? What are you saying there?
1: Uh, I'm saying that the nation of Afghanistan did not attack us. The nation of Iraq did not attack us. We went to a war, claiming that this was to prevent uh, uh, me- uh, weapons of mass destruction we, we, that didn't we exist.
7: Agree. We can agree. We can agree okay. on this. We All should right. have never been there. Okay. And we got out. We got out in a really bad manner. Anyway, listen. Yeah, I don't want to argue with. A...
1: I don't want to argue with you, Mike. I listen. I, I'm not sure why I'm. I am part of the problem for telling the. truth. Truth. It doesn't matter, you know, what I say well, no. about Joe Biden, what I say about Republicans. What I'm doing is telling you the truth. And yes, that well, means there is an insidious uh, party right now called the Republican Party that is trying to undermine American democracy as we know it. This is not a political opinion. This is not a difference between Republicans and Democrats. This is trying to save democracy as we know it. Mike, don't you get that? OK, well, my name is Lou. It's not Mike, but that's OK.
7: I'm sorry. And I'm sorry, it is, Lou. It is opinion. It is opinion. It's your opinion <laughs> that the Republicans are trying to do that. That's not that's not factual in any way. <laughs> of
1: course, it's, it's factual. Okay, and, you know All right. and listen, yeah.
7: you're entitled to that opinion. That's why we live in this great country and we have to preserve that. I'm going to say the last yeah. thing that's killing Joe Biden is the progressives. OK, most of the United States is not on the side of the progressives. OK, and the progressive agenda is not palatable. To most
1: Americans. All right, thank you, Lou. Apologies for giving you the uh, wrong name there. I do appreciate you calling in. Uh, as far as the progressives and their policies not being popular, well, all of the bills that passed the or that that they tried to get passed the very progressive Build Back Better bill, the moderately progressive infrastructure bill, the progressive American Rescue Plan, the progressive a uh, 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 Freedom to Vote Act and John Lewis Voting Rights Act. All of those, wildly progressive, wildly popular. But we can all pretend that progressivism is not popular. And we can have that conversation on this show even if we can't have it elsewhere. I gotta get out. My thanks to those who tolerated us and our phone systems today. My thanks to Desi Doyen and the guy who was so embarrassed to be running our board today that he doesn't want me to mention his name. I won't, but you're doing a great job. No way. All right, uh, let's see, is that it? Uh, you can drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Blog. I will see you there. Until we see you here, hopefully tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman, good luck world.